the thing that works for me always, even when I was in university, is when I have some plan write down in notebook. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories, secrets and tips with you. Hello guys, this is a new week and a new episode of Ballet Dance Live podcast and I'm super excited today with our guest from Poland. I'm going to talk about so many different uh, things and even I'm not really sure which direction our conversation will go, but I'm very excited that I know it will be very amazing and interesting. So I'm glad to present you. Uh, amazing Jazira from Poland, professional dancer, teacher, choreographer, and judge. She is a multi-awarded winner of different international competitions. I saw the whole list of different <laughs> awards, which we may go into more detail, but also along with her uh, multiple uh, awards from ballet dance competitions, she also uh, was a member of ballet dance evolution show. And uh, she started belly dance in 2008 after 10 years of training in ballroom dancing. And uh, today uh, we can definitely define her style as very dynamic, powerful and energetic. So I'm very excited to uh, talk to her today and welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm really excited. My pleasure. So to start our conversation, let's go back to 2008. And uh, can you tell us, please, how belly dance became a part of your life? Do you remember your ever first belly dance class? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, the whole story is kind of funny. Uh, because most uh, stories that I hear, for example, from my students is that they went to Arabic countries and they saw belly dancer or they went to Arabic restaurant and they saw belly dancer. But with me, it was really, really accident. My family actually likes to have uh, costume parties. Mm. So in 2008, in summer, there was very big um, family party for about 30 people. My aunt invited um, family from all around uh, Poland and actually some members even came from uh, abroad, like from England, to join this weekend party. And there was always some topic that we should wear costumes just in the evening for barbecue and it doesn't have to be anything serious, it can be just funny hat or wig or uh, anything that you can wear and just to have fun. So my aunt decided that she gave me, actually, she gave me the long red skirt and a red uh, hip scarf with coins. Mm. And she told me, you're going to be belly dancer tonight. <laughs> because I was always, I was always a dancer in family because of the ballroom dance, because of my diaper dance when I was not even one year old. <laughs> so I was always considered as a dancer. She decided, you're going to be belly dancer tonight. I had no idea what is belly dance. I was never interested. And I said, no way, like I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so I just checked on YouTube 
and I probably was lucky enough to find a good video because the video that I came across was Sadie and Kaya dancing duo <laughs> tag team on the floor and then they danced drum solo together. Oh my god, uh, my jaw was just dropped on the floor <laughs> when I saw how they are dancing and then I thought this is so cool, I need to know how to do it. So it was totally a joke, joke of my own that she just gave me some, you know, very basic parts of the costumes. She she decided I'm going to be a belly dancer in the party. And actually, it's just moved my whole life in different direction because now it's my job and I do it only, this is my only job for life. So it was really accident, a joke from my family member. And I become so interested that first, of course, I found a belly dance school to join classes. Then I fell in love so much that I started to join workshops and learn much more, not only about dancing, but the whole cultural background, the story, rhythms, and all the important things that we need to know about dance, not only movements. So mm. from a joke to a career. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I believe I may be mistaken here. I'm just relying on my memory, but I believe a few interviews ago, uh, actually we were talking with Sadie and she also had a fun costume story, <laughs> but her was that her introduction to belly dance was she wanted uh, to be a belly dancer for Halloween. <laughs> so it's fun to hear from you, like not exactly the same story, but uh, uh, very similar, like through uh, costume parties introduction to belly dance. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and you see, like the city was my first one. So yeah. uh, even later, I met her a few times because she visited Poland with workshops. I always joined her workshops and I told her she was the one uh, that made me to belly dance. <laughs> that's so exciting. And uh, also today you have a very specific style of a lot of uh, isolation work and coordination of the body. So where did that come from? Was it something inspired by your teacher or is it something you developed later? I think from the very first moment it was probably, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it was uh, inspired by Sadie because mm -hmm. uh, Sadie and Kaya first as a duo, then later uh, I followed Sadie. So I think a lot of uh, idea to be focused on drum solo and isolation I got from her. And then actually I really liked in general, American style. So I followed Jelena, Aziza from Canada also. So those my those are my first inspiration and I just fell in love and I think it stayed with me. Of course, later I joined a lot of workshops, uh, Egyptians, people from East Europe. So I think that maybe it's a mix of many styles, many things that I liked. Some things probably just came up like when I was training I just created by accident some new combination and then I just write it down and decided to put in my choreography and later teach on workshops. Uh, but yes, I think I have a lot of American influences in my style. And how do you develop it like in terms of training? Because I assume this kind of technique with a lot of isolation, it asks for a lot of drilling, but this is just my assumption. So can you tell us a little bit of insights into your training process? <laughs> Yes, I think that any actually style requires, requires a lot of repeats and uh, drills, uh, any, 
But um, drum solo, I think, especially because you just need to practice, practice a lot, even one very basic movement like chest up and down to achieve particular goal that you just don't want to move your shoulders anymore or you don't want to move your belly or pelvis in the same moment. So, of course, it, it requires a lot of training. And until now, after so many years, after 10 years since I started, I still have my daily workout and I do very basic things like just chest up and down to not lose those uh, mm. body control, the muscle control. So some of my trainings are more basic. I just do something very easy to keep my body in good condition, like just up and down, some shimmies, something that, that you would have on the first belly dance class. And of course, some of my trainings are more complicated. Um, when I just create combos. I came with some idea uh, to do some movements in the same moment or to do some movements one after another. In the beginning, it's difficult because your body cannot really follow very fast what your brain created. <laughs> but actually, uh, if you repeat it many times, everything is possible. And later you can even uh, prepare uh, papers that you have your body <laughs> parts <laughs> on it uh, with movements. And you can just pick them up and decide that you are going to do it together. So not only shimmy and chest up and down, but maybe circles with your hips, omis, and then square with your chest. And I believe that really everything is possible of course, until you practice a lot. So your body can handle everything and you can always start from something more easy and then become more difficult. But I also believe that you have to still keep doing basic things to keep your body in good condition and keep the muscles to remember what they already learned. So yeah, this is how my, my training looks like. And I try to practice every day, at least when I don't travel and I'm at home, then I try to practice every day, even some basic movements. Mm. That's very interesting to hear and a good reminder for everyone that even after 10 years of practice, you still need to go back to basics and uh, work on them, on the basic movements. And uh, one of the questions I kind of feel like whoever is listening now to this interview, people will want to ask. So you just mentioned that it's you're trying to do every day, but is it like... 10 minutes, is it one hour, is it three hour training? How many or how long and how many times per week I need to train to practice to become a good dancer? <laughs> like for those kind of questions, I'm sure you receive them as well at your workshops and uh, people send you probably messages online after seeing your videos. So how do you usually uh, reply to them? Or if you want to take us into insights of your work, how you do it on uh, for your own body? <laughs> Well, of course, everything is very personal. And I think that at least in the beginning of belly dance, for me, it was kind of faster because I already had 10 years of ballroom dance uh, training in my body. So the body control was probably, yeah, I had better control than any other girl that just came for the first belly dance, cl belly dance class and she never practiced anything before. So also I could control myself better and I could practice alone without teacher because I knew what kind of mistakes I can uh, fix in my body and how to fix them. So maybe for me it was a little bit different than any person that just came for the first class. But anyway, I think that uh, one hour a week when you go to the um, some class uh, in your city, it's not enough. It's never enough. I mean, it, you can do it for fun to meet your friends and learn something. But if you want to be a really good dancer, it requires much more time. 
And uh, of course, you need to ask yourself, what do you need? What uh, kind of movements you want to do and why? Is it because the movement is not good enough or you just want to learn something new? So what uh, very often uh, people ask me for is uh, how to improve shimmy because for example they realize that after one minute of doing shimmy they feel a lot of tension in in their legs and hips and whatever <laughs> so I, I think that the answer is kind of cliche but you just need to practice and of course you can do some extra exercise like go to the gym to make your muscles stronger and stretch of course to make the muscles longer and your joints more flexible always but you can make some goals for you like today i will do two minutes of shimmy um, and tomorrow i will do three minutes <laughs> and then four minutes and of course the last minute will be very difficult but later you will realize that you are much better so um, everybody is a little bit different so it's hard for me to say like for person who is listening for us now and uh, she's just a beginner and I will tell her do shimmy for one hour every day <laughs> so of course it's very difficult and probably impossible to do so my my idea is to create some program just for yourself so if you feel that your shimmy is a problem and you can do it only one minute and you would like to do longer then try to do it tomorrow for one minute and half then two minutes, three minutes, and then maybe you will realize that in the end of a month, it's 15 minutes without any problem. You can shake and watch the whole episode of your favorite TV series. <laughs> and um, also, I don't have one standard uh, version of my training because I change it to not get bored. So, for example, uh, sometimes I prepare for a particular show. And if, for example, it's uh, Iraqi Kalea, mm, folkloric dance that requires a lot of jumping and hair movements, hair tossing, then I focus on those parts more. So I practice my spine and my neck to have it stronger and more flexible. Uh, and for example, I do, I do a lot of cardio to have a good condition when I will jump on the stage with 500% of energy later. Mm, but when I uh, don't have any particular reason to practice, when I just want to keep my body in good condition anyway, then, for example, I practice half hour of each part per day. So, for example, I create half hour for upper body uh, to do many different chest um, movements, up and down, side to side, square, circles, then maybe some combination with hips. And then, for example, half hour for lower parts. So I do shimmies. Omis, maybe I go down and up. I will do some squats also, even at home, not even in the gym, to you know keep the whole body in uh, in good condition, so the muscles will not forget how to work. And also, if somebody has like very strong legs and strong shimmy, but they feel that maybe the chest is not very controlled and whatever they do is just shaking, then they can focus only on chest and they can say, okay, today I'm practicing only chest, and then for one hour you can separate your training for example okay let's do five minutes up and down then five minutes side to side then five minutes the v-shape and the u-shape and then uh, vertical shimmy and horizontal shimmy so in the beginning maybe it all will look like shaking and maybe it will not be very precise but every day you will notice that the muscles got better control you don't feel pain in your belly like you're losing your breath anymore and you will notice that actually the whole muscles are stronger and the belly has more beautiful shape. 
So it's many ways and I don't stick with one because I would get bored after so many years to do everything the same every day and to keep the same idea about training, for example, to practice everything one day. So you can change. This week you practice everything every day. Then next week you practice, for example, chest on Monday and then belly on Tuesday and legs on uh, Wednesday. Same like bodybuilders that mm. you, you follow some part of muscles to get them more tired and to have better results, but then you don't make them uh, practice again next day. You just give them relax and focus on another part. That's interesting. Thank you for for insights and uh, like very interesting that you sort of mentioned the uh, fitness world and how they divide like, oh, these days, this group of muscles, this days, another group of muscles that uh, it not only makes your body sort of rest and uh, recover uh, until next time uh, you get to the same group of muscles, but it also helps to make it more interesting and varied. But on this note, another question that just pops up in my mind, how do you find motivation to go and dance and uh, drill this technique? Because uh, I don't know if you ever have this moments like, oh, I really don't want to, to move today or to dance, or it doesn't never happen really. Of yeah, course it happens. In your case. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you actually stand up and go and dance and practice? <laughs> well, there is, I think there is a lot of uh, ways how to get motivated. And again, it's very personal, but I think also that I have many. So it depends what mood I have. I can motivate myself in different way. Of course, one motivation can be really um, inside of you. For example, you just want to get better for yourself. You don't want to compare to anybody. You just decided that you want to learn this particular movement. And, uh, and for example, you decide that until the end of a month, you will uh, stretch enough to get split. Or uh, you decide that in the end of this month, you will learn how to do some part of your uh, some movement uh, with your chest. And then you have this motivation because you decided that you have to do it until the end of month. So you have only 30 days to do that. So maybe find some deadline is a good uh, option. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe find um, hafla or open stage or competition that you have to perform. You just join this competition. You pay the competition fee. You don't want to uh, get your organizer disappointed that you quit the day before. And you have the deadline and you have to prepare for that moment. So you have no other choice. You just have to practice maybe not even every day, but at least three times a week uh, to to just be ready for this show. Uh, Sometimes I find inspiration for other dancers from other dancers. So if I I'm really bored with belly dance because I think everybody has this moment. If I'm tired, if I feel that nah, I, I don't want to move today, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, you can just play a video of your favorite belly dancer or just sit down on YouTube and check what's up, what's our, what are the new videos on YouTube and you see some beautiful dancers that she moves beautifully and then you decide like, oh, I actually really want to move right now. I want to try those movements that I just saw on the video. Maybe they are new for you. So sometimes it's uh, good to see a video of dancers that you admired in the past or some new star that is in fashion and and just try to practice some movement that, that you catched. So sometimes you can uh, do it only for yourself. Sometimes you can, like, let's say, compare with some other dancer and said like oh if she can do it then I also can try to do this movement at home 
And um, for me, the, the thing that works for me always, even when I was in university, is when I have some plan right down in notebook. So even right now, every year I have a notebook that I put everyday training. So for example, if on Monday I will write down a plan for Tuesday, even if I don't want to do it, I will be ashamed later <laughs> that <laughs> that I didn't practice, that I was too lazy and I didn't find uh, power and and time to do it one hour of very short um, practice. So I write down. Sometimes I write down in the moment when I just practice, and sometimes I I plan for tomorrow. So for example, I will write down. Okay, tomorrow, Tuesday, I will practice 10 minutes of shimmy and then 10 minutes of chest work and then 10 minutes of belly accents and then 10 minutes of belly roll and then I will stretch for a half hour and then I will do something else, for example. Mm -hmm. So I write it down for tomorrow and even if tomorrow I'm busy somehow or lazy somehow, tired, and I said, okay, anyway, it's in my notebook, I have to do it. <laughs> because later I will be angry at myself that I didn't finish my plan. And you can always make it uh, more interesting if you will play some favorite music. Not, uh, not, it doesn't have to be belly dance music that also can sometimes make you bored. Maybe you will just play your favorite song of, uh, from new CD that just came out from your favorite artist and just play belly dance movements to pop music or rock music and you will even have new ideas for fusion choreography or you can even watch some favorite tv series and decide okay then i will just watch tv series for 45 minutes so actually my training will just go with i will use uh, the time on your phone to check that 10 minutes just gone you finished the shimmy and then you start another exercise and you don't get bored because you are just watching a TV series. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there is many ways. And I think that especially people who are in the business very long time, uh, they have a lot of uh, personal uh, ways to make the training not boring. So you find a way to uh, sometimes really be in your body because you go to the dancing room to the dance school and you have no other choice because there is no internet you cannot scroll facebook you just have to dance <laughs> you paid for one hour of the room and you have to use it or you practice at home and you feel very free but then you can play your favorite music you can watch your tv series and you are doing movements your body is moving working and you don't have to be always very very focused sometimes you can just relax your brain with something else when you just shimmy for 10 minutes you can do it watching uh, tv actually on this note of uh, shimming and tv uh, one story came on my mind from my own experience like years and years ago i remember i was uh, actually I was subbing someone and then one of the students asked oh how can i improve my shimmy and then i remember i gave suggestion or oh, just go home when you watch your favorite show or movie, instead of sitting on a sofa, just stand up and, and shimmy and see what, what happens. And then basically, next class, she comes completely destroyed, so sore. She's like, oh my God, I actually did it. <laughs> so what happened, she was so engaged in her favorite show and, or movie or whatever she was watching that she forgot <laughs> that she was shimming. So her brain relaxed and let her like do workout for, I don't know how long, was it 40 minutes, was it one hour, but like not less than 40 minutes for sure. But of course, next day she was completely sore. But uh, 
what shall I say, next week her shimmy, that soreness came, went away. It was awesome. <laughs> so now I'm very careful with giving these kind of suggestions. Like I'm always telling that story. <laughs> so it's like, be ready to go to extreme of soreness. <laughs> but sometimes like distracting mind and focusing on something more like, I don't know, fun or play, that we don't feel like, oh, it's a workout. It's a work. Like it helps to, to keep going and, and uh, having this drill. Yeah, because actually many, many trainers, they suggest that you should be very focused when you train, even in the gym, that you should really focus, like send the impulses from your brain to this particular muscles to grow your butt bigger or <laughs> something. But but sometimes um, it makes the training not very pleasant. Okay, you are focused, but you are so focused that the training takes one hour and you feel like you're practicing five hours. And it makes you that you don't want to come back to the training because you remember that the feeling was not pleasant. Mm. So maybe it's good, at least sometimes, uh, to to do something that will make your training uh, less tiring, less boring. So next time you don't have the feeling that, oh my God, again, I have to practice. <laughs> because, oh, again, I will just watch the new episode of my favorite TV series. So maybe that's the way that people should try and if they will find it um, helpful. Uh, for uh, making movements bigger, stronger, longer, and they can they can do it, and it will be helpful for them, and it will improve their technique. That's something I didn't try yet on belly dance, but uh, this is the way how I made the cardio be uh, less boring and more exciting time for me. I was like, oh, that's a time for me that I can plug in my headphones and just listen to my favorite podcast. <laughs> yes. Exactly, especially when you do some movements that they are just very repetitive because when you dance choreography, of course, you cannot watch TV series and dance choreography in the same moment because you need your music. But when you decide to do 10 minutes of uh, hip shimmy or 10 minutes of belly accents or chest work up and down, then, uh, well, you can do it with any background, music or movie. And you also briefly mentioned a couple of times your workouts at gym and as I understood you incorporate gym in your actual training so that's very interesting because I hear from many dancers and I used to have this belief too like oh if I'm dancing often enough it makes my body strong and does everything for it but when we go to professional dance world then we start seeing like a lot of those dancers they actually do extra workouts so uh, can you explain a little bit the reasons why how is it connected to your dance and why do you feel necessity to go and work out in gym and what exactly you do in gym is it more cardio or strength or both <laughs> well i think it's extremely helpful um i see progress even after one month on going to the gym uh, of course, I cannot uh, go very regular because when I travel a lot, uh, I, I have a lot of classes, then sometimes I'm too tired to even go uh, after five hours of workshops to go to the gym. But when I'm in my home, then I try to go at least twice, three times a week. And really, after one month, I can really see the difference, for example, in the strength of your legs, shimmy uh, drops. So I think that at some point belly dancing is not enough. Of course, I have always my day, the, the, the daily workout. So I, as I told you, I practice some shimmy, some basic movements or some combos to keep my um, body like sharp with the movements, to keep the isolation not disappear and to, get, to be able to do the movement very short and fast. But on the other hand, for many movements, you just need a lot of strength. And if you want, 
your shimmy to be stronger, you don't want to feel tension in your legs, you just have to have your muscles stronger so they will not get tired very fast. So I find it very helpful to work in the gym and of course you can choose the parts that uh, you feel that they maybe are weaker or they will be more helpful for belly dance. So for example, of course, like many women's women, I do a lot of leg, <laughs> legs days. So <laughs> yes, all those uh, squats with some heavy objects, all those uh, opening and closing <laughs> your legs, uh, all those exercises with some extra heavy objects, they are really helpful to grow strength in your muscles, totally different than when you, for example, do shimmy. Because shimmy is, well, for me, for my body, for sure it's more like a cardio, because it's not very tiring, it's just repeating something very fast without any heaviness. And when I will use some heavy objects, some kilograms uh, in the gym uh, that I will push, then I feel that my muscles, they work totally different. They are slow, but they got more strength. So later when I dance, I can feel that my drops, that my shimmies, they are much stronger. And also, it's, I think it um, builds different type of control. So for example, if you practice a lot of your glutes uh, in the gym, Later, you can realize that you can do movements that were not possible to practice without because you activate your muscles in different ways. So, for example, doing a lot of glute activation, you can see that you activated uh, them enough that you can do a glute shimmy now. <laughs> so you can just shake them very fast and you couldn't do it before. So they are stronger, but also you have better control because they are they activated different way. And also you can notice that the quality of movement changes. So, for example, let's say arabesque, when you will take any person <laughs> from the street trying to do the arabesque pose with their leg out, probably they will be very tired, very, very fast after just uh, lifting the leg up. Mm -hmm. Also, maybe the spine will be totally stretched in some very weird direction. And when you practice your glutes on the gym, it's really easy to lift your leg very up without any effort because your muscles are stronger. And maybe if you just lift some for your chest, for your back muscles, maybe then you realize that actually they are strong enough to keep your posture straight and you don't have to stretch in very different way during arabesque just to lift your legs because your muscles in around your spine, in your back, they are stronger. So it's not only about strength in some particular movement, but doing exercise, you realize that other movements that you even didn't expect, they feel different, they feel much stronger. Um, if you, for example, practice your calves, you don't even realize that actually uh, your ankles got stronger. So later also when you have turns or arabesque, you can lift without shaking the whole body. Your balance is much better. So I think that in general, the whole body workout can be really, really helpful uh, for belly dancers because you will activate your muscles, not only muscles, but even joints in totally different way than when you do on belly dance class. And of course, stretching is always <laughs> very important. So after we have to be flexible and we have to have our muscles long because we don't worry only about how our body looks like if the muscles are tight and nice, 
but we want them to be able to reach further when you just stretch in your dance. So after uh, workout in the gym, it's very important to stretch, of course. So later you can use those strong muscles to achieve more beautiful and soft movements uh, during the dance. That's very interesting. Like the idea of incorporating gym into dance practice, it was new for me at the years of my university. I was doing a dance program there because before it was always like just dance for like hobby. And usually people go to dance class as alternative to boring gym, like trying to find some other physical activities. But it was very interesting shift for me realizing that if you're going into more serious, not necessarily professional, but if you just want to even for yourself to become a better dancer, you actually need to do extra workouts to make your body ready for whatever dance goals you try to make it do. And like one of the solutions is gym and both uh, strength and cardio practice. So it was very interesting for me to hear your experience with them because I definitely struggle to still keep gym as a regular <laughs> um, activity for me. It's more usual like just for cardio, but like strength is a, it's a struggle <laughs> to keep in the workout. So it's interesting to hear someone else's experience and uh, showing the benefits and the results for a belly dancer who felt it on, on the dance uh, um, Thank you for sharing. And by the way, do you prefer usually to work on your own? You already like know, sort of did your own research on what you need to do in gym, or do you prefer to work with a uh, trainer for those strength uh, exercises? Oh, well, actually, I never had a trainer, like personal trainer. Um, oh. <laughs> I rather do my own uh, exercises that I feel they will be helpful for belly dance. And of course, I don't do only the exercise that will be helpful for belly dance. I just do it for my body and this helps me with belly dance. But I don't only feel like going to the gym is only for my belly dance career. I just do it for being in shape to have also some different uh, strength in my body, not only the one that I need on the stage. And of course, I do a lot of research in uh, on the internet uh, on many uh, pages of professional trainers when they explain how to do the exercise correctly. And again, probably many people should not do it, but I have this maybe not right feeling that because of so many years of training, I feel that I can control myself and I feel that I can check if my spine is in correct position in this exercise like I've learned from uh, from internet on some uh, personal trainer account. And of course, sometimes uh, I visit physiotherapists just for massage my body. So also I ask him uh, what kind of exercise he suggests me to do if he feels that some muscles in my body are weaker than uh, the other ones and if he feels that I should practice them. So he gives me exercises. Of course, later again, I do the research anyway to, to check um, what more advices about this particular exercise other trainers says and then I incorporate it in my workout. Or some exercises that he tells me, oh, actually you should not do it because this one will not make the activation of these muscles correct. You can do instead another exercise. So I use, of course, help of other people, but also I don't lift, you know, hundreds of kilograms. So. I don't feel that actually I will do something wrong with my body. It's not 
that much heavy. It's, I think it's still normal, like for a girl. So I also don't get crazy and I don't go to the gym for the first time and try to lift 100 kilograms on one leg. <laughs> I do it slowly and I just do it for for myself. And actually, you know what you said before that you, you struggle from uh, the gym because you don't really want uh, to practice with weights. I find it another way to make your training interesting. So for example, on Monday, you practice belly dance, like you do shimmies and all those stuff that we just said. And then for example, you decide that on Tuesday, you go to the gym. Uh, and then maybe Wednesday, it's free, you just don't work with your body at all, you give some time to the muscles to relax. And then maybe Tuesday, Thursday, um, you go for yoga or Pilates. So you will have many different trainings so you do something for your body you are not lazy you don't get your muscles uh, forget how to work anyway you stimulate them all the time but with very different trainings maybe sometimes with teacher like in yoga class maybe sometimes uh, by yourself when you have belly dance training maybe then on the gym when you have a trainer or just work with yourself so you don't have the bad feeling that you don't work at all, but at the same moment, uh, you don't get bored because all the trainings are very, very different and also they stimulate different uh, muscles and actually they stimulate them also in different way. So I found it also interesting when you uh, join many different classes and you choose different activities, still stimulate your muscles. You can use it always for belly dancing, but your training is not boring and you will not have this feeling that oh, I don't know if I want still belly dance I don't even find my training happy <laughs> I'm not happy after the training it's all the time the same then just change it do something different and it will come back yeah that's absolutely variety is the key to make and keep it interesting and also what I sometimes notice if you uh, get tired of any activity not necessarily belly dance sometimes you just need to give a break and give yourself opportunity to miss it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. One of the things you previously mentioned that one of your tools to get motivated and get up and dance and practice is uh, uh, to watch someone else's uh, videos on YouTube and one absolutely amazing like phrase was like, oh, I need to not to forget <laughs> to go a little bit deeper on that note because you mentioned that oh you see some good dancer and then you sort of compare but your comparison is more like oh if she can do I can and I want to try to do the same move or the same style of dance so how do you manage then you watch all because now on social media on YouTube there are so many amazing videos amazing dancers everyone is there and uh, it's easy to see them so how do you manage not to get into the follow-up like oh they're so great I'm not I'm like lazy I don't do want to work out and instead you actually use those videos for your own motivation and inspiration to to actually go and dance and and get better well maybe maybe it has to be just something in your mind that <laughs> that you have to be quite positive about life and world in general and don't get jealous about other people but find other people that they achieved success as an inspiration that you can also achieve 
success. So, well, I, I don't know. I always had it that when I saw Amazing Dancer, I never felt jealous in the wrong way that uh, she's better than me <laughs> but more like wow she's amazing maybe I will find some workshops so she can tell me how she does it or or I just watch the video and if there is no chance to learn from her then um, maybe just try like oh my god her arms are so amazing and soft and my arms are so square maybe I will just since today I will just make a half hour of arms movement every day and then my my arms will get softer also so i don't know if there is a way to advise people <laughs> to get motivated not dismotivated of watching other people maybe just when you start to watch <laughs> i don't know feel positive uh, feel that you can learn from other people and this progress never stops so it doesn't mean that if you can learn from one person that you are, it doesn't mean that you are worse than this person because for sure there is something that this person could learn from you so I don't compare myself like I'm worse uh, and I don't get dismotivated that I will never be that good because I just find some little motivation that oh, her arms are so beautiful like I said her arms I saw are so beautiful and I could just practice my arms more because for sure then I can achieve better movement or her hips are so strong so it means that it's possible to do it like for example many people they are dismotivated all oh, my breasts are small so I cannot do this chest movement that is so not true <laughs> it's like I'm pretty small in you know every direction of my body and it doesn't mean that if you have not very big size of bra or maybe you have not very wide pelvis so your hips are not very wide it doesn't mean that you were not achieve some particular movement because there's many things that they can be achieved with that technique and exercise so you can for example get motivated if you are a small person small i mean you know thin and you see another thin dancers that she is amazing you can say oh my god so it is possible actually if my hips are not very wide anyway i can have shimmy that is very strong because it depends only on me not on how my genetics was you know prepared by parents so i think that this is just when you start watching videos try to be positive and not judge people and be jealous about what they have because also they worked hard nobody just you know jumped up from belly and they become masters and professional dancers they also worked hard so yeah, don't be jealous just realize that if they achieved success you can also do it well, I can't agree uh, more with everything that you said, and it's so nice and refreshing to hear that uh, I sometimes find that in Baladance community, uh, maybe just my own experience, but in general we are more treating each other as competitors, maybe because of this competition culture, rather than uh, get inspiration and motivation from each other and uh, seeing someone else's success uh, making you empowered and more strong in the belief that oh I can do this as well and it's not like she's taking my place or there's so no it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is enough space for everyone <laughs> you just need to find your own place and uh, great, have the support of a great uh, community but we sometimes like in the building of this uh, community sense so it's really nice and refreshing to hear from you all this nice and positive uh, vibes <laughs> to all dancers 
I think that being competitive is okay until you uh, don't feel frustrated about it. Uh, so, for example, comparing yourself to other people, it's okay until you know how to use it to get better. So, for example, like we just said, like, oh, she does it very great. So it means that I can also learn it. Like her arms are very long. Mine also are long and her are beautiful, which means that I'm not directed to fail. I'm actually, I also can do it. Um, I also can make my long arms beautiful with movements, with the technique. And the same is about competitions. Just, uh, of course, you compete and you compare to other people, but just don't get too frustrated. And if you notice that uh, you become not happy anymore, but you start to just check everybody's work and videos and Facebook, and, yeah. and you got so frustrated that they they achieved this, they have good video or beautiful costume or choreography, or they were invited to the festival that you wanted to be invited. I think that maybe it's a moment that you should just relax and go on holiday. I think that just from the beginning, you have to change the way uh, of thinking to become happy about what other people achieved because it always means that you can do it also. So it's always a good news, mm -hmm. not bad news. And as you said, like there is a space for everybody. So if there is one person that is famous about something, it doesn't mean that there can be another one. So it's always space for you. And don't be jealous that somebody works hard. You can also work hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Everything is in work and practice. That's that's the secret. <laughs> yes, very um, very secret, not secret, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Well, another topic that I can't uh, avoid but uh, uh, mention and asking is uh, of the time that you were part of Paladin's uh, Evolution Show, <laughs> and uh, since we are. Talking a lot, uh, well, first, if you can tell us how did you get into it and like the whole story of how it uh, became uh, part of your dance career, but also since we were talking a lot about practice and training, how was there any interesting takeaways, takeaways from that part of uh, uh, your life in terms of uh, adding or maybe taking out something from your dance training? How did it influence that aspect of dancing? Uh, I joined Belly Dance Evolution in 2014. It was June. It was first, um, it was premiere of Alice in the Wonderland tour. It was in Hanover and Milan. So it was Germany and Italy. And that time I was just a casting uh, dancer. So uh, actually everybody has chance. You just need to go to the webpage of Belly Dance Evolution, see if they have some tours um, going on uh, in future months. And if there is something that you uh, want to join, you can just pay small fee to get the choreography. You learn this choreography, you make a video of your dancing and you just take part in the competition. Actually, we call it casting. So BDE cast later, they choose dancers that they like the most and they invite them to dance in the show so actually it's open for everybody you don't have to be you know you don't need any special invitation if you really want to have this experience you just join the casting and you can get get to the cast later then actually if there are some shows that are booked private 
uh, you can get invited by uh, Jelena or by CAST. So that's amazing opportunity when you can go like we've been in China for two and a half months or in Morocco and you can be invited to be already a CAST member. So you don't go to the casting because they already know how you work and maybe they want you so much that they just invite you and there is always a spot for you. Uh, so yeah, this is how it started. So it was four years ago and uh, I'm very happy to be a member because I've learned a lot. Like I have learned so much and it's not only about uh, belly dancing because of course we practice eight, nine, ten hours every day before the show. But I've learned a lot how to work uh, with group, how to create formations for group, how to deal with those formations, how to make them smooth, to change from one to another. There is a lot of um, about theatrical uh, parts of um, being a dancer, about stage performance. Um, so you can learn a lot, not only about some movements, like how to do shimmy, because they assume that you already know shimmy, <laughs> if you will go there. But you learn totally different part of being a belly dancer about stage performance, about your emotions, about to project how to project emotions. If you perform a lot, then you learn how to, in general, how to find yourself in theater. <laughs> so it's not only that once a year you go to the festival that maybe uh, is in the hotel and everything is quite easy, but you learn how the theaters looks from inside, how many people is engaged about decoration, lightning, sound system, how it all works from the really like the kitchen. So I've learned a lot and this is the knowledge that probably I would never get from any other experience. So this is really important because you can practice shimmy with many, many people, but to be a part of a one and a half hour or two hour show in professional theater, it's something totally different. And this gives really a lot of experience for the stage. And later after this China tour, I could dance anywhere. There would be a pavement, a wooden floor, a rubber floor, whatever. I, I would probably dance all the choreographies <laughs> because there was, of course, we had very good quality theaters, but dancing two hours makes your condition better. And I felt so self-confident on the stage that this is really helpful that you are not afraid that you will maybe slip on your skirt or that you will maybe lose the balance during the turns because you just performed so much that for you it's just like walking on the street that you are not you are not afraid to fall mm. so this is amazing experience and i encourage everybody to to try because it's something totally different that you have on festivals or uh, open stages in restaurants, something like this. Mm, that's so interesting. And how did you manage to practice and rehearse like 18 hours uh, per day before shows? It's very intense. <laughs> no, no, it, the, the rehearsals are uh, already in the place that there is a show. So mm -hmm. you, you come before the show for five days earlier, seven days earlier, and there is rehearsal in the studio. So we practice all together the choreography, so we will uh, match each other to create uh, formations. So 
it's a long time, it's many hours, but again, this is like what we just said before, the training is very interesting because you have many different parts, there is a warm-up, there is a stretching, there is working on combos, there is working on many different choreographies, also, which also make it really um, interesting that sometimes you dance dabke and after dabke then you just change to muashahad, which is totally different uh, emotional level and different techniques. So it also makes it interesting and even if you are tired with your body, you are not so tired in the meaning that you are not bored, that you just want to go home because you already don't find it interesting because there's so many things still waiting to do that that is interesting and you want to come back next day to uh, to the classroom because there is something new happening new prop they they will bring new prop for you and and we will try the prop not only with uh, one person but we will try it four persons so it makes it interesting and it makes it um i think effective later Mm, I can literally feel and hear excitement in your voice <laughs> telling about those rehearsals and in general about that. It's so amazing. <laughs> well, I feel like we talked so much about training and all insights into developing yourself as a dancer. And I feel there's so many takeaways. I literally will need to re-listen this interview and take notes. <laughs> okay, this was cool. I need to take try this, try this. I have I have one more idea that just came when you said that I feel excitement about the rehearsals with BDE. This excitement also goes with other people. So sometimes good advice for your uh, training is maybe to find at least two other dancers and you book a room, classroom in the school together and you know you always have this adrenaline with practicing with other people and you feel like, oh, we are doing shimmy together. I feel already tired, but she's not stopping her shimmy, so I will also not stop my shimmy, you know? So it's also working with other people can bring you a new excitement for your training, new adrenaline. So like you said, I was excited talking about rehearsals also because I trained with my friends and also you got motivated. If you would be alone in the studio, you would be bored with yourself. But if you are with other dancers and you see the whole creation of choreography and you see that they can do it, you also feel like I can do it. Even if I'm tired, I can do it. Like they are still doing shimmy. I also can do this shimmy. Mm. <laughs> so one more idea that just came up to my mind that when you said it uh, for uh, training is if you feel bored alone, maybe you can practice with somebody and then uh, you will make the training more interesting and you can share ideas and you can uh, share your problems like okay I won't practice shimmy because it's weak and then your friend said I need to practice arms because they are ugly and you can also learn from each other and practice together to make it more exciting so yeah this is one more way to get motivated for training <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's amazing tip uh, absolutely uh, the support of group that's uh essential part of ballet dance and now it will be interesting in the next few years to see the dynamics because there are so many online trainings and like classes or videos it's so accessible just to train on your own but it sort of sometimes loses that effect of uh, 
having a group of people in the same room and training with you and the social aspect of ballet dance classes. So it will be interesting to see in the future how these dynamics uh, will work and what will be the result, uh, because I'm sure uh, there is both advantages in both ways, but there has to be somewhere balance. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I think it's a so great idea just we keep hearing it like about the gym or oh, you don't, you can't, I don't know, work out in gym or uh, set your morning running routine, <laughs> like take a friend and do it together. So you support and motivate each other, but it's absolutely amazing to bring it the same into your ballet dance training. But I literally feel there are so many tips uh, that you gave them uh, that, um, I basically almost request everyone who is listening now <laughs> to reach out uh, to either me or you and uh, tell us your their most favorite uh, takeaway or tip that they brought and tried in their ballad and straight and how it worked out. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for your time. And uh, just before asking our final podcast question, I just wanted to take a minute and uh, again, I'll thank you for I've been so open and uh, and honest and just uh, given us uh, so much insights into your uh, dance uh, practice, which is always very interesting for all dancers because we see the final result only on stage. We see the pretty picture, but we don't uh, always know how much work and uh, things go into that creation, into day-to-day of practice. So thank you so much for sharing all these insights. <laughs> Thank you very much. And giving so many valuable tips um, for everyone. So before I ask our final podcast question, can you tell our listeners where is the best way to find you, to follow your dance activities and maybe some upcoming, nearest upcoming trips or projects that you'd like to share with us today? <laughs> well, I will follow, I will uh, travel uh, this year a lot. And of course, I already have some bookings for next year. This year, for sure, you can find me in Europe. It, it's a lot, of course, in Poland, uh, Ukraine, in Cyprus in November. Uh, I will travel to China a lot, but I guess it's not very accessible for a lot of uh, people. Next year, it's Spain and Russia. I also give a lot of online classes and I have online students. So it's uh, possible for people from all around the world, if they have no chance to join my workshops, um, or maybe they don't have any teacher in their city because uh, it's not all around the world very popular sometimes it's not very easy to find a teacher then you can just join any class online private class and you can practice and get motivated because there's another person <laughs> on the other side of computer watching you so um yes the, i will travel a lot you can see all the information about my traveling on my uh, facebook fan page for example and always you can join some private class and get motivated <laughs> with me. What is the best uh, way to contact you for online classes? Is it Facebook message, email or Instagram? Uh, actually, any any of them because uh, I'm everywhere. So you can contact me on Facebook, on uh, email or Instagram and just wait. Maybe I'm in China <laughs> and I will, <laughs> I will answer you maybe in two weeks. But I will answer anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's good to know. And also for everyone uh, who is listening, I strongly recommend to go and check uh, your YouTube channel and subscribe to it because you have amazing videos with like million of views. <laughs> the video we sort of went right away in the training aspect of validance and skipped that part, but uh, I just feel it's very important to mention that uh, what I was talking about your dance. Uh, uh, technique and style is really a feature, a signature feature of uh, uh, your dancing. And, um, definitely need to check uh, YouTube channel and your videos to see what we are talking about if you haven't seen any of them yet. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, I will put all the uh, links in show notes so for people it's easier to uh, find and connect to all of your social media uh, platforms. Um, and here's our final question. I always uh, finish all episodes on the same question. And uh, I don't know if you heard it before in any other episodes. But again, you're welcome to interpret the way you want and the way you uh, feel this question. But uh, the question is basically, what makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? I think it's um, the variety of ballet dance that um, it's not only oriental style, but now we have a chance to learn a lot of folklores. Also, it's not only repeating movements, but there is a lot of interesting stories and historical backgrounds and cultural backgrounds that for me, they are really interesting to know what the dance came from, what people create that dance and why, because many countries they have different problems or happiness and the dances sometimes they are created from uh, kind of hard history and sometimes from very happy occasions and celebrations. There is a big variety of rhythms and actually it changed during my uh, dance adventure that I like this rhythm and dance style now. And then two years later, I realized that I fell in love in something totally different than that two years ago was boring for me. And now I my eyes open to this particular rhythm or style in a totally new way. So I don't get bored because it's not all the same all the time. And uh, sometimes you fell in love with melody and after. And for example, you hate or the hairstyles. And then two or three years later, you realize that you feel really excited about a czar or uh, Iraqi style. And then, for example, you come back and you are mature enough to dance to Um Kalsum songs that in the past you could not understand why people love them. So I think this is what makes me to fall in love again and again because there is so much to fall in love that even if you are a little bored with one, then you find another love. And also um, it makes it all interesting uh, for me that you can still learn and find something new. Mm, you can have many different loves inside one love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very, very awesome. Guys. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes 
at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcasts so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.